0: Whiskey Whiskey Bikini, bikini. Whiskey Whiskey bikini. Bikini, Whiskey Bikini.
1: Welcome to the Whiskey Bikini Suspense Show. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Whiskey Bikini podcast, also known as The Whiskey Bikini Suspense Show. (laughs) So we're a regular podcast covering horror films, cult films, black magic, drinking and a whole lot of other stuff and we're going out regularly. We're on all the the usual podcast platforms, we're on all the usual social media. We also have our radio play, the current one being Mojo in the Corridors of Blood. So yeah, please share, please follow, and please tell all your friends because you know your um, your life might just depend upon it. <laughs> okay, so this is this is the first and uh, what's going to be like a regular kind of episode uh, in which uh, Cub and myself we're, we're going to be talking through some films we've seen recently, whether these are new films which we've seen in cinema or streaming, or just some classic and cult films uh, which we've rewatched or just come to our attention and stuff so ho- hopefully it's something you're gonna find interesting maybe introduce you to some uh other films you haven't seen and get the whiskey bikini take on stuff get our our hot take as the kids call it these days so uh so yeah cub how you doing man
0: yes uh, i want to tell the audience uh this is uh this episode begins because of uh james and me will have always have a habit to watch at least one movie per day are you do you <laughs> yeah Whenever we found any interesting films, we will share it to each other. And James suggested we can share it to the to the audience, to our followers as well. Anyway,
1: yeah, I, I, absolutely. I think we watch probably too many films a lot of the time. I you know, going up sometimes up to like three or four films uh, a day, which is maybe not not particularly healthy and everything. But it's. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's fair to say we get through a lot of films, some good, some maybe not good. So maybe this can also be useful as a warning to people, but for some films to <laughs> <laughs> to stay away from.
0: So what makes you think audience will be interested in our films, in our movies sharing? Well, I
1: think it's always it's good to get someone else's opinion. And personally, I would rather I don't, you know, although I, I write a lot of film reviews for uh, you know, Eastern Kicks, I don't really read many film reviews. To be honest, but I would I would much rather hear people chat about it. I hope what we will be able to offer people is kind of like a horror horror fans perspective, as well as being like horror horror junkies, horror experts, whatever you <laughs> whatever you call us, you know. And also we've got you know we've got you over in Hong Kong, and we've got me over here, so we've got quite a nice mixture of different perspectives. I think
0: it is. It is.
1: It's conversations we'd probably be having. Between us, anyway. About
0: it's a meditation. Right?
1: <laughs> but it's—I think the other thing, which is interesting, it's just that it's a—it's uh, an interesting time for the horror film industry. Uh, you know, without going into too much detail, you know, in the UK, put it this way—you um, know, it's the summer at the moment, so usually you wouldn't see any horror films coming out into cinemas at all. Oh, but, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, summer is not a good time for cinema in general in the UK because it's one of the few times where possibly we get good weather, so so not so many people go to the cinema. But and even if we do, it's just Hollywood blockbuster, you know, Marvel films. You, you know, you'll have yeah. maybe about only four or five films released take over, take over every cinema. But at the moment, because cinemas only just reopened because of you know COVID with all these uh, audience restrictions, so there a lot of the big blockbusters still didn't release. So a lot of smaller films from the last year uh, are now getting shown in cinemas. So there's actually a lot, not a lot of horror films, but more horror films or cult films or foreign language films than usual are making it into cinemas. And I think the other thing at the moment, which is interesting for horror is, uh, something we're gonna end up talking about a lot is just how streaming platforms like Netflix, uh, Shudder and everything, there's so much more horror being made still, You, you know, horror, is always something which gets made a lot of because it's lower budget, generally. Um, but now the streaming platform are starting to pick up a lot more stuff, which I think is interesting as well, because, you know, filmmakers are now going to be actually making films directly for streaming platforms, r- you know, rather than hoping they can get to cinema and make some money from DVD. So it's a good, t- it's a good time for horror.
0: Yeah, it's a good time for uh, In Hong Kong, it's totally sort of different because the weather mm-hmm. or the, the temperature. So in summer, they will, everybody will swim to the cinema. It's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a very cheap, cheap activities to for dating and, and gathering, you know. <laughs> get, in, get some aircon. Yeah, then with the air conditioning <laughs> and food. So uh, in Hong Kong, it might be different, but if but you want to watch some cow films and indie films or uh, or non-mainstream uh, horror films that would be a bit difficult in Hong Kong mm-hmm. before the metrics and the platform, uh, the streaming platform comes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they will, We will try to get some uh, VOD of a uh, box to okay. watch. Uh, yeah, uh, foreign movies and any other movies, especially you know, you know, China mm-hmm. have all the box that can connect to the whole world. sure no i know what you
1: mean but that's and i guess that's probably a lot like a lot of the films we we talk about in these episodes are going to be ones which are uh we've seen you know on some of these streaming services boxes and everything like that
0: what do you when you watch the movie what what
1: do you focus on basically i never asked you about sure i mean probably i mainly focus on um You know what kind of drink I have at the time like have I got some whiskey I need to pour do I need to keep getting up to get a beer from the fridge you know that's a big consideration you know because if it's yeah yeah I mean except if I'm watching some film especially even just talking about different kinds of horror films you know if I have one that doesn't require too much attention but it's still like a lot of fun then you know probably it's okay if I you know if I have drinks where I keep him to get up and stuff I don't have to bring the whole bottle with me. But if it's a really good film then I don't want to have to keep getting up all the time and also if it's a really good film I don't want to drink beer because after a while I'll have to go to the bathroom a lot so I know just bring a <laughs> bottle of whiskey so there's a lot, a lot of things you know a lot, a lot of different considerations uh, when I'm choosing <laughs> what kind of film to watch. <laughs>
0: so when somebody is fighting you that uh, when he saw you Drinking whiskey and watching uh, the movie—that must be a very serious movie. Exactly,
1: especially and also then you can see if I got a good whiskey or do I just have some really shitty whiskey. If if I've treated myself to really good whiskey, it must be a special event. It must be a really good film then.
0: (laughs) We should put this in the script.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for for me, like because I don't like watching films on my laptop, and I'm I'm a bit lazy. I don't I can't be bothered to plug my laptop into my TV so well yeah. it means sometimes you know there there have been some newer films i just ended up having to wait for because you know i get because of my film press work i get quite a lot of links like preview links for films and stuff uh, mm. but if it's sometimes they can be really low quality as well because they're just for media so i I don't like if it's a film i really want to watch i don't want to see it in a really shitty version basically
0: and, yeah when you watch video version you you don't really want to keep on watching it you just want to I, I ran awake for a couple, couple of weeks. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think that's, compared to when I was young. When I was younger, I cared much, much more about having to be like the first, try to be like the first person to see it, not worry. You know, I worried about that more than anything. Whereas now there's so much content. There's always so many films for us to watch, whether it's a new film or maybe a film you've told me about, which I haven't seen before. You know, there's, there's so much good stuff out there. So just because a film, came out yesterday doesn't mean it's better than the film, which came out six months ago, you know? Right. Another shady side tragedy.
0: Fits the narrative, right? Sarah, fear's back. Christ, not you two. There's no angry dead witch. The only thing that made him go crazy is this town. The dude was wearing a Halloween skull mask. How is that not fun? Guys, I think there's someone in the woods. And we have a mutual—I don't know what that—mutual interest on the same movie this time. This yes. is the the movie we are going to talk about. Is the Fear Street 1994,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Fear Street 1994 first. I mean, that's a yeah, yeah. It's one we both like, that It's a new. I mean, it has been quite a big event, uh, event kind of film yeah. as well for, for horror and and for you know being on Netflix and everything. Uh, especially since it's part of, you know, part of a trilogy of three films, wh- which we'll, you know, we'll talk about in in other episodes. Uh, we'll talk about in other episodes as well. But uh, looking, you know, looking into it as well, I, it's got quite an interesting history. I didn't realize before that it uh, had been, uh, it had actually been shot back in 2019. And it was originally planned to release in cinemas. Uh, as three films. I just assumed it had been, this is one of, not a problem with Netflix but where I, it can be a bit confusing because they call things like a Netflix original or Netflix present. But it doesn't actually mean that they necessarily made it. So this was actually went through some other companies first and everything. Uh, And then effectively Mm -hmm. Netflix kind of bought it afterwards uh, and released it, which which is completely fine. But I thought it had actually been made for Netflix. So I, I was kind of interested to, interested to find out that part about it. So, Which kind of explains, because it is, you know, bigger budget than a lot of uh, horror Mm -hmm. films. You know, it looks like it's got better production values, good cast, soundtrack and everything, compared to a lot of other horror films which are made straight for for online service.
0: It is. The soundtrack will be very expensive, I
1: think. Very. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, But yeah, just to to say a quick bit about it. it's so it's based on books by uh, rl stein who did the the goosebumps mm-hmm. books which is a, goosebumps is a lot more for you know the younger kids and stuff
0: goosebumps i know that i know that.
1: yeah kind of like just fun stories for kids about like ghouls and ghosties and <laughs> haunted ventriloquist dummies some monsters and everything so they're pretty fun and there was a couple mm-hmm. of recent goosebumps films uh and they they did pretty well but they're you know they're, they're more just for for like really young kids but uh, fear street was another series done by this writer uh r l stein which was more for for older readers or the, i hate the term young adult uh because young young i mean fuck, young adult usually means stuff it makes it sound like uh, stuff like twilight or you know the maze runner or some of these other like, young adult novels and films and stuff so so when i heard you know a while ago when i heard about fear street um being a young adult adaptation i wasn't Initially, I was like, "No, okay, <laughs> that doesn't sound very doesn't sound very promising, to be honest." But then, when it was coming to Netflix, and I saw it was rated 18, which is pretty rare mm-hmm. most of the, Most of the Netflix horror stuff is not 18, you know, in terms of UK ratings, uh, mm-hmm. which suggested it was actually a lot more, you know, bloody or, or had more sort of horror content than a lot of stuff doesn't. I mean, Netflix is not great for horror films, to be honest.
0: I think Netflix, uh, it's a very good platform for, they, they provide more space and more uh, creativity areas for movies, not only just 90 minutes in you fix,
1: yeah, fix it yeah. in the cinema. Yeah, yeah, I think that, that that's
0: if true. They can, they can elongate the, the story, the, the chronology and, the, and the free some of the mini-series. I Mm-mm-mm-mm. think it's helpful to do a story better than just fixing in the same formula of 90 minutes. So we have the calculator the first mm-hmm. to first part the act one should be the 50 minutes what we would do and then act two and then but uh like a uh, fear street they they don't need to do so so strict, you know, mm-hmm. strict yeah yeah Then yeah. i like that kind of approach yeah
1: no no i, I completely agree um and you know this, i mean the the basic plot of fear street you know taking place in some you know town and of a typical American movie sort of small town called you know Shady Side, where it seems to be the the murder capital of the U.S. With like ser- lots of serial yeah. killers weird weird events all, all over the centuries um you know possibly linked to possibly linked to a witch which you know we're not we're not going to talk about uh because I guess it'll be coming in yeah. the in the parts two and three more but then we get teens who are caught up in like a new wave of killings and stuff but as you say, one of the big, one of the good things about the plot is because it, it's three, you know, it's three films. So the story and the characters, has so a lot more time to develop. I agree.
0: I, to me, this is, uh, I will always focus on the, on the film only. Even I know there was, a, it was, it was, it come from, the story comes from a novel or fiction. Because uh, the film, the movie itself should be a individual medium. Mm-hmm. So in this. Uh, Fear Street, 1994. Then I find that it was a, it feel that it was a mixture with, uh, with collective memory of the slasher films, you know, familiar scene for masquerade right? and for mm-hmm. just like Friday 13, Halloween, etc. Mm-hmm. Very, very smart and clever uh, story structure integrated with the teen horror. Mm-hmm. Undead entity, mass, mass murdering mm-hmm. and the modern, modern relationship of friendship, between friendships, something like this.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah definitely and it's also got you know some sort of uh, it's got the slasher film but it's also got some other horror in there as well you know the sort of witchcraft and it you know there's some supernatural stuff in there everything as well so, but the way it, the way it develops is yeah it's a smart kind of use of it and and you're right I mean even like the the different friendships and the different characters and the um you know it's got kind of the you know it's it's not a spoiler to say that you know the lead character uh, is uh you know queer is lesbian which is quite different for this kind of thing but even even beyond that it's got quite a diverse cast and to be honest you know a lot of times uh whether it's horror or another genre, you get these elements and they feel like they've just been artificially forced into the script. Whereas here, yeah. it feels, you know, it's good writing for the characters and good acting from the young, from the young cast. So it, it feels the relationships, the way they're developing feels, you know, it feels more realistic than it does in some other horror films. And, and maybe part of that is because they, they've got three films to, you know, three films to kind of get there.
0: Yes, they it consists of the unusual approach in relationship, which was considered as a taboo in the yeah. older days. You know, yeah. ten years before or ten years before in horror films, you never see uh a homosexual love uh, between main roles and drug overdose. That's as right. Yeah, a solution. Yeah, the, the,
1: yeah, there's the drug yeah. sub yeah, drug subplot in there as well. But um yeah and it doesn't it doesn't kind of make a big fuss about it or or and you're right 10 years ago if those elements were in a script they, they would be much more like underlined or exploited or in a different way whereas here it just feels quite natural uh, which which is good and, and it, you know there's also like a, a lot of blood in it as well which helps it's quite gory I mean it's yeah, yeah. it's still you know it, it, although it's 18 rated I mean it still kind of is yeah. aimed for I, I guess teen Teen audience or friendly for teen audience and stuff but it's still pretty mm. pretty gory uh, and stuff there there's some good kill scenes in there. <laughs> some I mean you know I can't say it's actually frightening but it's got yeah it's got some quite good surprising plot developments as well in there which is nice.
0: yeah it is the theme pacing and everything the rhythm was uh, very fast unlike mm. the haunted house or you know haunted house horrors. usually viewers have to have to wait for the to see the the expected result coming mm-hmm. the solution in the film this one that uh, the solution always provided during killers getting closer which uh, <laughs> we enhance excitement and provide information to the following acts that you will miss about it
1: yeah 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 Sh- sure I- absolutely I, re- I like the way it's developed and stuff and and the nostalgia yeah. the nostalgia angle is quite good you know you're, meant, you're saying like the collective memory and everything that is it's quite well handled in there i mean this is you know we're kind of this kind of thing is so it's so popular you know this kind of nostalgia thing uh, in western films especially yeah. for netflix they've had such big hits with stuff like you know stranger things and tv series and everything but this doesn't go too too heavily too heavily in that sometimes i mean sometimes the soundtrack is a bit a little bit obvious with some of the songs and stuff but it, you know it's still it's not really a problem
0: yeah the soundtrack will Something like a refresh your 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 on your appetite every time. Yeah 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 makes the movie much more younger not not an old movie We're together for one night and dead people are trying to kill us. Maybe we are doomed.
1: She was so sexy but so crazy!
0: Normal bitches don't bleed black blood. How do we not die? I'm looking at you, witch nerd. Yeah. You can't stop it.
1: Because I did grow up in the in the '90s. I'd, I'd have been not too different well a bit older but not massively older than the characters kind of in the film and stuff so a lot of the music you hear in there so for me it's kind of right there but I wonder you know some very some much younger audiences today uh, I don't know if these songs are classic to them or if they know how how much they know this music and stuff
0: if this is a a drink I think this movie is to me it's just like a like cocktail mix (laughs) smooth and it tastes good (laughs) <laughs> and the flavor was like, afterwards. This, <laughs> like, this is my understanding. <laughs> Absolutely,
1: no man. That's a really, that's a really good way to put it because it's a it's a nicely mixed cocktail. Definitely, I think that's good. But <laughs> and I would. Yeah. I, I, I was looking. It, it was directed by. It was a female director. Uh, 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 if I'm pronouncing her name right, Leigh uh, Janik. and I, yeah, the name okay. I, I couldn't remember the name, but then. I saw the another film she did uh, back in two thousand fourteen called Honeymoon, which is that that's oh, it's yes. it's a that's a really good sort of indie, in quite surprising horror as well, kind of female perspective horror. But it didn't, you know, I guess in two thousand fourteen, maybe it kind of slightly was ahead of its time, you know, because this kind of more no, I don't, I'm not saying it's feminist film, but the kind of topic it deals with maybe was um, if it had come out today. You know, it, it might have made more of an impact than it did. It's a really good, well made film as well. So, you know, I would definitely recommend checking out uh, Honeymoon.
0: Okay. I found the director has no mercy on any roles. <laughs> he, he really liked to kill everyone. <laughs> and then, uh, speaking of the productions and uh, like the the way they use the lighting, the neon light, always have the close up of the interface of the old computer online chat, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> the yes. T- that, that, the yeah. typing. <laughs> Yes. i don't know anything about computer by that time in the 90s i was i was uh idiot i don't know how to operate a computer. so did it i think it reminds you a lot of, from your old days right
1: yeah i mean that was before so 1994 was just it was before i was just before i went to university so i wasn't probably i wasn't you know i was playing some video games at that age i wasn't on uh chatting and stuff like that I didn't start that kind of stuff till I went to university so I'm slightly you know those these kids seem to be doing chat but you know I mean I'm from Scotland though so that age we were just out drinking anyway we, we weren't really doing computer stuff <laughs> it wasn't until a couple of years later when I was at university and stuff but even then it wasn't you know the the mid to late 90s and stuff it wasn't massive you know we had email and, and that was about about it to be honest
0: yeah that's that's the clever part. I think that's the other uh, clever part of the production design. They just use two things so, well uh, the neon lights the lighting, you know, and then the computer. Then mm-hmm. you already get the, get back to that age already. No, yeah. no, no need to. Uh, usually, there's a image designer to focus on the dress and the costume, mm-hmm. but they they don't need it. They just put two things in there. In the case, everything. Mm
1: -mm -mm. yeah yeah I totally agree and it's got a. so it's got this like nostalgia value to it but it's not too overdone yeah which is very which is very cool yeah I look forward to uh, I look forward to the other ones and it's been getting like a lot of good reviews in the in the mainstream press which is quite surprising to me Uh, and certainly in the UK mainstream press which doesn't usually even bother to review horror films so it's been getting very good reviews, which is good. I mean, it's good. It's just surprising to be honest.
0: Yeah. There's not much film in the cinema already. So <laughs> they focus on other platforms. Yeah. But this true. is good. Yeah. Yeah. We like it. And then about the few read, we will talk about the the other two sequel later. Yeah. Probably.
1: <laughs> we will. We'll cover them whether we cover them in a separate episode or if we do you know do just include them in like our next discussions like this uh but we'll we'll definitely talk about those two as well but i think we can definitely say we recommend this one anyway okay we recommend it really good
0: honestly if this was a horror movie i'd be one of the first ones to get killed cue the creepy dude in the mask like i said (laughs) But actually, it turns out. Where am I? I didn't get killed. Oh my god! Why do I sound like that? I woke up in the killer's body. <laughs> the Blissfield Butcher strikes again. Okay. And then we have another. We have another similar film. Yeah, yeah, yeah freaky,
1: it, it, yeah. freaky. Yeah, which uh, which I did manage to see in the cinema. Uh, it, it came out here uh, in the UK. Uh, last week. So I was very happy to see that on the big screen. But yeah, absolutely. It's like Fear Street. It's another one, which is more for for kind of a general audience than hardcore, than, than hardcore horror fans. It's definitely more mix of horror and comedy with more comedy than horror. It's still quite bloody, but it's definitely even more. It's more comedy than horror, I'd say
0: it's much more relaxing <laughs> to watch it. Well, it's it? I mean it's uh,
1: cuz it's another one based on uh, Freaky Friday which, which was like yeah, a yeah. 1970s children's uh, book basically about a mother and daughter who swap who swap bodies. And it's had quite a few yeah, different yeah, yeah. film versions, but this this yeah. is the first horror the first horror version I, I've seen okay. of it. So it's very funny that they you know they took that kids book concept mm-hmm. like a real sort of nice family friendly one and then made something uh <laughs> made something like this from it
0: yeah the family backgrounds is always it's always not a normal family you know yeah and yeah. By the exchange of the bodies you know that I, I don't really feel excited about the storyline from the beginning but I think the audience would know everyone would know that the crisis this crisis will will be solved at the end
1: yeah it's very so, no, it's a very straightforward high concept
0: high right. concept a, film probably works only but uh when i when i noticed this was a uh bloom house product yes yes and yeah only i think it's worth to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> they always produce something on non-mainstream indie films and they i like their their their, their weird concepts on movies they're,
1: they're, they're de- yeah they're, they're definitely one of the most uh interesting um you know horror production houses uh, at the moment, but even just, I mean, yeah, it's a very obvious high high concept. But even just having this idea, you know, like of taking a slasher, you know, what is called the um, the Blissfield Butcher, you know, and he's getting I like. But I, what I found funny at the start was that he was, you know, and just to to say quickly about the plot, like so, the first twenty minutes are more like just a normal UK, you know, Hollywood slasher film with him. Uh-huh. You know, there's this Blissfield Butcher who's like hunting down, killing some teenagers as Mm. usual, you know, nothing different. And then he gets, steals this dagger uh, and then he stabs this girl with it and they swap Mm. bodies. And then, you know, he has to, you know, he's quite happy. He seems like in her body, just killing, killing her friends and killing teenagers at school and stuff. And then she's trapped in his body. So she's the one who has to hide from the police and do stuff and try to figure Mm -hmm. out how to switch them back. So yeah, and you're, yeah, of course you're totally right. You can, you know exactly what's going to happen. You know, right from the as soon as you even before you watch the film, everything but it's, I, I quite like the director, uh, I quite like his his stuff in general. Um, everything he does has kind of like really this sort of very high basic concept, which you could sum up very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, like happy death day and happy death day to you, okay. and there, you know, that, that's just like a very, very similar thing, like a girl trapped in a, a time loop doing the same day right. over and over again, but trapped in there with a another kind of silly killer who doesn't make any sense who who wears some kind of baby mask um, but they're really funny films as well and he wrote a lot of the paranormal activity films and stuff so he's quite a uh, what's his name uh Christopher Landon he's you know he's very you know knowledgeable yeah. I guess about this kind of commercial slick kind of commercial horror which is you know good for general audiences you know it's probably a good date film
0: yeah, the Happy Death Days reminds me the uh, the Groundhog Day. There's yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's the same thing, trapped in the loop of the time, and doing everything, same thing. But yeah. uh, no kill. But this time, they crystal the leather, like, like killings. I can't wait to kill you. Time to stop this asshole. We're in this together.
1: my body back.
0: Come and get it.
1: Look, I know I look like the Butcher, but it's Millie.
0: He's crazy. Okay,
1: Booker, can you look at me, please?
0: up, bitch. Booker, help! Booker!
1: Will you shut up? I mean, I think probably the best thing about this film, the uh, the main thing about the film, is the actor, you know, Vince Vaughn, playing the Playing right. the, the killer and then having to act like a teenage girl for the rest of the film, so it's kind of like a one-joke film. But it's a very and it's and it and it is like Happy death because it is just the same joke over and over and over yes. again. You know, Vince Vaughn going ah and running around
0: and but Vince uh, Vaughn has a has a problem in this movie. What I what I see uh, that Vince has a solid character with harmless attitude, always acting in, the, in another film. Right? He mm-hmm. he never plays that guy. He's always a good guy, nice guy.
1: I don't know there's been a couple of times recently though. He's been in. Uh, he was in uh, Brawl in Cell Block 99 and dragged across concrete, which he's very, very, very violent, and especially Brawl in Cell Block Nine. That's an incredibly, incredibly violent film.
0: <laughs> but you're,
1: but, but absolutely, before that, he it was. You know, he was just in comedies with Owen Wilson. He was in a couple of. He was in the cell like a serial killer film. Yeah, that really weird, trippy.
0: His character sometimes I, I when I when I noticed that he will do the he will he he could be the butcher, and mm-hmm. then I found uh, yeah just like what you say probably like a normal Hollywood film and then uh, something and then after they turn into the girl yeah then I found that his he's a very nice uh, appearance so it softens <laughs> the butcher's offensive character you know, to me. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah d- definitely. And that's, but that's kind of the joke,
0: right? I think that, yeah, this
1: is uh, obviously
0: they want to do it like that. I, I think in the world of horror, uh, a competent actor sometimes will weaken the amazing of the role. <laughs> the of the role. Yeah, and uh, the girl, the girl called Catherine Newton, is it? Uh, yes, that, so, that's right. So, yeah, yeah, she, she, she she turns to when she turns to the killer uh, mm-hmm. she uh, uh, and she's definitely the character and he plays very good he was she wasn't a very uh beautiful girl from the very beginning but when <laughs> she turns to the killer that of course became more attractive it's, <laughs> she looks more shiny than than vince became feminine I mean,
1: that's that's and that's one of the i guess that's one of the funny things uh, as well about I mean there's, there's lots of films about things about this which don't make sense but when and then start for the first 20 minutes right when Vince mm-hmm. Vaughn is you know the butcher he dresses like yeah. he dresses like a homeless person he lives in this abandoned factory covered in dead animals he sleeps seems to sleep on just on on the ground suddenly when he becomes yeah. a teenage girl he starts getting all these style ideas how to do his hair mm-hmm. how to wear fancy <laughs> clothes and, and he's he's gone from looking like a homeless person to suddenly, right. you know, having a fashion sense and everything. So there's, I mean, not much, but none of the film really makes sense. But it's still funny.
0: So this is, uh in my point of view, I thought this is a soft softcore comedy horror. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think, think it's definitely
0: a nice recreational film um, movie for you to watch with your family. <laughs> yeah, there,
1: there's there's nothing. Even when it's it, even when it gets a bit bloody, there's nothing offensive at all. You, you know, there's yeah, nothing. There's definitely- be, you know you could watch it with friends with a bunch of beers as well probably not pay too much attention and just kind of laugh <laughs> which doesn't sound very good thing to say about a film like don't pay attention but it would be a fun drinking film with friends and everything
0: not paying. Yeah, it is, it is. it's a nice movie for a party also yeah yeah yeah
1: uh, definitely
0: definitely So is a re- recreation of movies <laughs> recreational movie, yes many moons ago a nameless evil is imprisoned in a place far beyond reach. Hurry up! If he were ever to be released, it would spell certain doom for all existence. Is that fear I smell? Your planet will be torn to pieces, and I will treat Mimi. your constraints as I
1: Is this yours? Um, uh, oh my god.
0: Jennifer Axtite, we yeah, talking about recreational movie, there's another one, the Psycho Gorman. Psycho Gorman, Psycho yeah, Gorman. yeah, man, it's the, or also called, you know, P.G. Psycho Gorman. A, com- a combination of uncomfortable elements <laughs> to normal.
1: It is a strange, it is a very strange, funny kind of mixture of stuff. I mean, even from the start, mm-hmm. you know, you have the couple of kids who are playing in their back garden, and they, you know, they find this mysterious stone, and then, you know, the big the alien overlord rises up in the night calling himself like the Archduke of nightmares and then you know she controls him <laughs> with the stone and she just makes him do stuff and everything to embarrass him. Right. He's, he's always threatening her like i will rip out your heart and stuff. And he can't do anything and then his enemies start to turn off.
0: i like Goldman's I like, uh,
1: uh, attitude. <laughs> I, I like it because he's he's a mixture of angry but he, he can't quite believe what's
0: happened. then he seems a bit depressed this is also a thing for teenagers or and party adults I don't know yeah. I, I don't know I mean I, because it's so
1: I think for a lot of um more I don't want to say more normal people than, than, than us but for me you know people mm. who aren't so familiar with this kind of film because it, it is it, it's a really strange mixture because it kind of jumps from some like quite family comedy you know some kid comedy and stuff to, to gore scenes and stuff and it's kind of got the power rangers like kaiju thing of the the sort of weird makeup effects and costumes for people and stuff so it's yeah. it's a really crazy mixture of stuff i mean it's not yeah it's definitely for stuff we're talking about it's not a horror film it's some sort of weird fantasy sci-fi cult comedy you know i guess you know it's got mm-hmm. a lot of nostalgia in it as well but not the same kind of nostalgia as fear Street
0: yeah, to me, this, uh, the film, <clears throat> it looks similar, a lot very familiar to me, because we brought up in, in Hong Kong, we are watching all the Japanese comedy mm-hmm. robot TV series in the 70s. It reminds me, the PG reminds me of a robot cone. Okay. that is one of the, a red robot. Okay. Who lives among, who lives among humans and eggs them. Um, as part of the his studies at the Robot Academy, the Robot always grew, the Robocon always grew up things, and and is frightened, and he is fright afraid of crockages. Whenever he saws crockages, he will get mad. He will go crazy, running around, smashing <laughs> and then, and he can transform into a Robocon car. Okay, the legs will turn into, uh. To turn into a two wheels platform, okay. And he's on there. I watch it every day during my school days.
1: No, it sounds right because you know, the so I guess if this one is kind of inspired by you know, Power Rangers, yeah. I mean, that's, Power Rangers was inspired by that kind of stuff you're talking you know, about, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So they, sure. I like the, the, the robot costumes, they were <laughs> they were dressed in robot costume suits, and, and everyone will be. Will be just like uh just like the PG movies, right? You you, you know it. The fighting scenes look similar exactly to the Japanese superhero TV series. She will enslave the galaxy into endless servitude. Kill him! Cool. Oh. He will not stop The ultimate evil has awoken.
1: There's a new god in town. And his name? Psycho Gorman. It
0: was nice meeting you. It would be nicer if you were dead.
1: All right, bye. Some people could probably just watch it and only see the comedy and only focus on that and they'd still be quite happy. And yeah, and other people might watch it and sort of pick up on all the really more strange, more strange <laughs> stuff in there, you know, which is which is it's great. I mean, the director, uh, you know, Steve Katansky yeah. is really, you know, his other stuff, it's similar, I mean, it's not the same kind of comedy, but it's similar uh, mm. stuff like The Void, like Father's Day uh, or oh, yeah. uh, Manborg, you know, that kind of stuff. It's all, you know, it's all, it's horror stuff, but more, much more on the cult side of things and sort of weird mm-hmm. midnight movie madness type of stuff, you know.
0: Yeah, the PG uh, has—he's truly believed to demolishing anything and killed everyone confronting. So loyal to the basic evil, Edo. Yeah,
1: he doesn't really—he doesn't really change his plans much, does he? No matter what happens,
0: he. (laughs) I like that, and I like the acting—the exaggerated acting of me, the girl. She's a terrifying girl, though.
1: She's terrifying. That little kid. She's horrible. She's she's a little fucking monster. (laughs)
0: absolutely anti society. Yeah. <laughs> broke the, the cross of Jesus Christ with no hesitation. The yep. behavior, yeah. free punk at all. <laughs> <laughs> and the best friend of uh, Mimi. Yes. I don't know why it he he turned into a blob. <laughs> he just turned into a brain. Yeah, just turned into
1: some mad blob brain thing with tentacles. And it, it just doesn't seem to bother people too much in the film. Nobody's that nobody's that upset by it
0: yeah no one, feels, no one feels anything about it even the parents can <laughs> and uh, can eat the breakfast with him as well so this, yeah. <laughs> so the conclusion is the director is uh is crazy <laughs> yeah but it, he's clearly a director who
1: knows what he wants to do and sticks to to doing it and these kind of uh yeah. lower but you know sticking to this kind of like low budget cult kind of feel he everything i've seen of there, there was only one film he did which was more of a I guess a a pay job, which was uh, Leprechaun Returns, which is a Mm. sequel to, you know, I've seen all the other Leprechaun films and this was a new kind of a new version of it a couple of years ago. Um, It wasn't it wasn't very good and it didn't feel like one of his films. So I guess this was more like a horror franchise, horror sequel, you know, you know, taking it on. So which was kind of a shame.
0: So what do you think uh, the Psycho Goldman had any similarity? are similar with, when comparing to Mojo.
1: Yes yeah yeah I think there is there is some similar I mean it's not exactly the same, but they kind of revolve around the same cult weirdness and craziness and that mixture of humor but then still some gore scenes and some you know things that don't necessarily make sense but which are hopefully <laughs> entertaining.
0: So it's the <laughs> necessary to that's <make> <laughs> Right, I like that. <laughs> Not necessary to make sense. in the movie. Okay, yeah, I like that. The sickness hangs over the city like putrid fog. Bodies are piled high in the narrow streets. It's as if the day of judgment has finally arrived. Manhunter. i'll give you some advice leave town while you can i saw her the other day she was acting bloody peculiar there's only one thing that can explain it she made a pact with the devil so about about reckoning so you told me about your watch that you have a big memory of the vanagose five oh vincent price yeah the yeah. Witchfinder general
1: from back in um, uh 1919 19, I'm gonna <laughs> 1968 I think I think 1968 for Witchfinder general I'm not guaranteeing it but it's it, I think it's 68 and yeah. Vincent Price classic directed by uh, Michael yeah. Reeves I think it was Michael Reeves last film before he he, he yeah. died the year after which was very sad but it's it's this classic story of uh, you know Matthew Hopkins you know the the Witchfinder, and it's this—you know, this—the reckoning stays very, very close to that kind of plot. It's set back in um, mm-hmm. 1665, so you know, which is one year before the last part of Fear Street, which is 1666. So there you go. <laughs> but it's—you know—just
0: it's nearby the neighborhood, is it?
1: <laughs> but it's—it's it's the same thing as. Uh, Witchfinder general, kind of in that in that period, you know, the, the plague and stuff was spreading around the Black Death and everything. And people were, you know, looking for people to blame. They were going crazy. Um, a lot of religious fervor. And so you had these witch finders basically like traveling around the country, you know, blaming women of being witches, having these kind of fake trials, torturing them for confessions, uh, very brutal torture, execution, like burning, hanging, drowning, and usually they were making yeah. money out of it or you know they were doing it for selfish needs and paid yeah yeah they were getting paid or or you know people were lying about stuff settling grudges by accusing people of witchcraft and always women though it was always women who were getting getting right. this as well so i mean and that's basically the story of the reckoning again it's exactly the same you know a young woman husband dies from the plague and then the the local bailiff or the landowner right. Decides he wants her. She says no. So he calls a witch hunter, accuses her of being a witch, and she gets tortured. And
0: you know, won't say what happens. It's a general, it's a general, general tragedy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's the same, very, very similar story to to um, to other films, to other films of its kind. And, and you know, there have been a, quite a few of other ones through the years, like A Mark of the Devil and stuff.
0: Right. So, uh, I the the director had uh, do very good treatments on the on the execution of the torture because you can feel the the pain for of uh, of the of the victim the grace mm-hmm. yeah i went i once imagined that if i were her mm-hmm. losing all my and and suffering from this uh injustice trial yeah my mind must be filled with uh hatred and and what if i think at that moment i think what if the real devil it has mm-hmm. to be the, the true powerful devil, not mm-hmm, the devil, mm-hmm. promising me power to kill these people, to revenge and punish everyone involved. Mm-hmm. So, in return, of course, I have to offer myself to the, to the devil. So, I found that I might be, I may be indecisive. I might think about it. Hatred drives evil mind. I wouldn't. So, I mean,
1: I wouldn't even think about it. I would just say yes straight away to the devil. It'd be quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> straight away, the devil. The devil appears and like. Hey, hey, James. Can I help that stop? Yes. Give me a drink. Give yes, me
0: out of here. You give me power, and then I kill everyone that i demolishing.
1: Just give me a drink and get me out of here. Listen, I'm not too ambitious. Yes. If the devil gives me just some bottle of something, takes me away, that's fine. I'm happy. I, I accept this. But I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, the problem I had with the film was it just it's not, it's not very bloody. Or uh, mm-hmm. anything like for this kind of film, uh, and it's a surprise because it's directed the director Neil Marshall, you, you know, he's a fantastic sort of British horror director. He did stuff like Dog Soldiers and uh, The Descent, which we're going to talk about in, a, in another episode, and Doomsday, filmed in Scotland and stuff. You know, he did the Hellboy remake, which neither of us liked, but uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a terrible mm-hmm. film, um. Yeah, so- so he, but he has a lot of gore in his stuff you know he did a couple of episodes of Game of Thrones which were very bloody so and this yeah. film I guess it's a tough one for making this kind of film today because you know you, you don't want to show like a woman being tortured you know for the whole film and stuff um, and the, the film does try, kind of try to have some kind of a female perspective mm-hmm. in there which is interesting you know with the witch finder uh, Judge Murcroft. um you know, he's he's obviously some guy who gets his kicks off having power over women. There's a subplot with like one of her, her friends who's being, you know, beaten up by her husband and stuff. So it kind of tries to to have some perspective about the way, you know, men treat women and stuff. Uh, but at the same time for this kind of film, I don't know, it, it just didn't feel like it had as much uh, impact or punch as, as it should because you don't really see much of the either of the tortures or it, it doesn't spend too much time either on on the the kind of more the evil of the people who are against her and stuff. We can see they're shitty people and everything. They're all you know putting her in this situation and doing stuff. But but it's it, it didn't really build to anything for me. We had these kind of torture scenes. It didn't really build the tension or anything. So it was it's still a pretty good film. But um I, I it is a, th- it is a good film, I think. I think you prefer I think you preferred it to me.
0: Because in the old days I never watched these kind of uh witch hunt movies. It is, sure. it is so far away from my from my culture and the, mm-hmm. and also and also that's uh 1616, 16, <laughs> something like that. It's too far away. <laughs> so I don't I don't have any clue or, about the culture. But this one I don't know. It's easy to for me to get into that. Mm-hmm. Uh Perhaps uh, Grace. Yeah, that's why I, I feel the pain of uh, Grace. I will focus on Grace, everything on on her, mm-hmm. and she's suffering. Yeah, and probably the the, the real world life uh, affects me as well. Yeah, sure, so, sure, sure. Is, so uh, I was very surprised that I that I will so focused to 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 go through the whole movie. And I don't feel any. Problem. I feel that it, uh, it's not a ghost movie. It's only a no, 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 no spiritual conflict. Yeah, spiritual conflict in there only. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But I like the movie. I, I, I never knew why. <laughs> Something wicked
1: at work in that place. She has the devil inside her.
0: My will is greater than yours. We'll see.
1: Be safe. it's not that I no, it's not that I don't like it I, I just I think you're right though I think it's probably because I've seen quite a lot of these films and I think Witchfinder General uh, that's that's a, that's a complete classic five-star film uh, it's one of Vincent Price's best roles but and it's back, you know it's 1968 so it's not massively bloody or anything but it just feels much much darker than this one.
0: This one is a dark thing. In, in, in all. Witchfinder
1: right. General is much more depressing. It's much more nihilistic. And defi- And Vincent Price is so good as Matthew Hopkins' Witchfinder. He's fantastic in it. So I 100% hundred, I hundred recommend this. I mean, I would still... yeah. I, it's not that I don't recommend The Reckoning. It's definitely worth watching and stuff. I, I just thought... I think part of it's maybe just my expectation because Neil Marshall was mm-hmm. directing it who usually has a lot of blood in his films, a lot of gore in his films. So mm-hmm. I thought this would be more more like that and everything but it, you know it's nicely made it's got good production values it was it was shot it in is. Hungary yeah. uh, so it wasn't actually shot in the UK but it's there's yeah. some good you know set design everything so it's all it feels very convincing for that um, and it's got something I li- I really like seeing in films as well it's just this kind of fake old English accents and everything the way people talk in these scripts I find that, I still find that hilarious. So,
0: <laughs> I I don't I don't know which part is it. You you have
1: it's just just the way they all they all talking. It's like oldy worldly English and everything. It's kind of like a little bit Shakespeare, but not quite. And the way they say like, "Shut thy mouth, woman," and everything like
0: that. It, I don't know. That, oh, that's quite yeah, funny. Yeah,
1: you know, it's a bit, which I understand because you're not English at that time. Probably didn't even really yeah. resemble English modern English. So you can't have people speaking old English properly.
0: If they speak Cantonese, I can I would do the same I would tell you the same thing. <laughs> this is <foreign laughs> Cantonese, this is Hong Kong Cantonese. this is one. Exactly. Yeah, I will yeah,
1: exactly. So they're they you know, they I understand they have to do that with the language and stuff, but no, it, it's a good it's I think it's also like a good thing for uh for this kind of film that it goes to Shudder, like to a streaming platform. So I think yes. if it goes yeah. to the cinema, um probably it will get worst reviews it probably won't do it's so yeah. so well but on the streaming platform people are much more mm-hmm. easy just to right. just watch it and everything so I think you know it's it's certainly worth catching and everything but my I, I right. would be saying to people don't don't expect anything too much from it
0: so the streaming platform did help a lot of other movies
1: definitely yeah, yeah definitely definitely yeah. because it's and really
0: I'm great. looking forward to watch more uh, Leo Marger movies all of his films apart from Hellboy right <laughs> from how on, we doing it. Okay, so this is this uh, is we. There's a full movie we we're talking about today. Yeah, yep. and ne- next time we'll we'll have more selections for to chat about it. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll, each time we do one of these. We'll, we'll pick out some key films for people which, which we've seen, and yeah, hopefully. To everyone thank you thank you very much Cub for joining me for, for this chat and yeah. everything
0: it's a pleasure as always get, and, uh... Uh, bye everyone <laughs> <laughs> see you next time see you in your next one
1: yeah thanks everyone for joining us and yeah check out all our episodes and follow us on the social media follow us on the podcast platforms and stay tuned for the the next episodes of the whiskey bikini suspense show
0: <laughs> this is suspense show, bye Whiskey bikini whiskey bikini whiskey bikini whiskey bikini whiskey bikini, whiskey bikini. Whiskey bikini. Whiskey bikini. Whiskey bikini.